pretty much. Alright. Alright, here we go. <laughs> and we are in the wine cellar. Thank you for hanging out with us. We have a very special guest today who's actually been here before and somehow managed to tolerate us and came back on again. Say hi to Tim Woodman. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think the best episodes are one... music. You gotta do the theme music. Yeah, I think uh the best, some of the best episodes we have are ones where uh, sex workers are on because sex workers are just the most wonderful people. We are some awesome folk, aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have a confession. I didn't actually plan any topics at all. So we're just going to freestyle <laughs> awesome. this whole thing and see what happens. Let's wing that sucker, see what happens. <laughs> so how have you been? You haven't been on the podcast in forever. I know, it's been quite some time. I don't know how many months since we did this before, which I loved when we did it. It was awesome. Yes. Um, and you're still working, I see. I do continue to do my best to spread evil throughout the universe. <laughs> and in case folks don't remember from last time, would you like to tell them what exactly it is that you do? Um, the short version, I'm a professional bad guy in adult entertainment. <laughs> I'm the evil villain who ties the damsel to the railroad tracks or tortures the rich heiress to get at the information or some of it's super silly lighthearted bondage and some of it's creepy dark evil rape murder porn kind of the whole gamut if you need a bad guy that's that's my job <laughs> all right so I think I asked you last time but it's it's obligatory how did you get started doing this I honestly, it, it's so confusing to think back on now, I've, but the short version, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Okay. I was friends with some people who were in fetish porn, and they thought I might be good at it, and mm -hmm. one thing led to another. Nice. I was just describing to somebody recently, it wasn't so much of a slippery slope as like a hot, greased cliff. I just, zoom, and went straight to hell, like, full speed. <laughs> I kind of appreciate that, though. It's, um... Because I think a lot of folks have this impression that, like, everyone in sex work is on some slippery slope type thing, right? Where it's like, you know, um, you started with this, and then you did this, and then you did that. Like, I don't know. Like, there's like there has to be a process, but I don't think a lot of folks actually go through that process. I don't know. I don't know. I think people find where they're comfortable and tend to stay there. And, of course, one evolves over time. Right. Um, but it's not like it's compromise after compromise as you, like, you know, abandon your ethics to make more money. Right. I think it's just, this is even better fit. I think I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Kinda. Yeah, no, I get I, that. Well, for me, anyway, certainly. I can't speak for everyone. Yeah. And I'm actually tweeting right now because I am so on top of things. I forgot to tweet that we were going to record. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually tweeting. So I don't know. Um, folks may have questions as this goes on. We'll see what happens. I'm going to check the Twitter periodically and see. Cool. But yeah. So. Um, any quotes? I can't. Uh, my fingers are too fat. I can't type. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what you guys are. What are you drinking, first of all? Uh, I have a Mike's Hard Lemonade. And then because I am oh, I like kind of trashy, um, I mix in, you know, those little... Um, like the little bottles you can get behind the counter at the liquor store. Those like super tiny ones like they have in hotel rooms and stuff. So there's a, a mm -hmm. brand called 99 because it's 99 proof. And I like to 
mix that nice. in with my mics <laughs> because I'm kind of trash. Nice. Make a super hard lemonade. Fuck yeah. Yes, it's wonderful. Yeah, I actually have a mango flavored yeah. mics right now. And then the 99 I have wow. is the whipped cream flavor. And I love it. And it's delicious. <laughs> mm-hmm. You made like a creamed Italian soda. Yes, exactly. On steroids. It's so good. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, I went with holiday theme for it just because that was what's in the fridge. So uh-huh. I have one of my favorite tequilas, but instead of mixing it with traditional margarita stuff, I mixed it with lime and cranberry just to, mm-hmm. I don't know, be festive. Be festive. It's all right. So did you celebrate right. Thanksgiving? Did you do like the whole like big dinner thing? I, I hate to admit it because I recognize the seriously ethically compromised origins of that holiday, but mm-hmm. I so love the food. Right. That yes, we full on. It's like we look forward to that day all year, and me and my sweetie spend all day in the kitchen mm-hmm. making shit and having a feast. And then we do the orphans thing. You know, everybody doesn't have somewhere else to go. Come to our house where there's no guilt, no family, no football. We just eat Aww. and have fun. I love that though. You know, well, some year I'm going to get invited yeah, awesome. to uh, one of Jessica Drake's Thanksgivings. Apparently, you have to dress up like a superhero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I asked her if supervillains were appropriate because, like, <laughs> I can't go with a hero. That would be kind of off-brand. Yes. She invited me this year, but we already had our shit, you know, set right. up to do that. Or uh, else I would have gone. Yeah. Oh. I, I totally, I would totally do that and dress up as, I don't know. Maybe, Hell, yeah. You know, I could do a villain. I could do, like, a Catwoman, I think. Pull it off. I was just going to ask, because Catwoman seems the easy one with your sassy personality. But then I was wondering, who else? Who would you play as a superhero or villain? I don't think I know, because if Hmm. they're not, like, in a Marvel movie, I probably don't know them. Because I'm not, like, a comic book person at all. (laughs) Good point. I mean, I can see you just 100% personality-wise. I could see you being Deadpool. Oh, that is the weirdest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. not putting up with shit, willing to kill the whole room and cut one's own arm to do it. I mean, I could see you playing that role. That is the weirdest compliment I've ever gotten in my life. But thank you. And I, I did like the movie, so, I was know. hoping to play Deadpool. I had a custom, I had a producer that, that hit me up. Uh, really? Because I was doing some other role, and they're like, I want to do a Deadpool parody. You'd be great. Oh. I'm like, that is the one non-villain I would consider playing. I love it. And it would be epic. But it never, you know, Aww. if dreams were. I would have totally. People are constantly saying, I'm going to finance this thing, and then nobody ever does it. Uh, you know, if you ever get to do that one, let me know, because I will totally buy that one. That would be hilarious. Oh, yes. my God. I will be handing out free copies. I'll ruin the business. I'll just, like, give me all the free copies and hand it to people. <laughs> That's probably why I wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah. So what? Okay. So you've been working in the industry for, like, a really long time, Yeah. Over 20 years. So what are some of the favorite scenes that you have done since you haven't been able to be Deadpool yet? Uh, well, um, it's hard to say because there's so many. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping my favorite work is still ahead of me, although mm-hmm. who knows. But <laughs> I got to do the Joker. I did a Joker parody that some of my friends and I, we all just kind of put it together. And we had Joker and Two-Face and Catwoman and Batwoman okay. uh, and Poison Ivy. Mm-hmm. All in this just bizarre, crazy, everybody betrays everybody else, bondage, blowjob, BDSM, crazy thing. It was hilarious. <laughs> uh-huh. And I went kind of with old school 1960s Sid Caesar looking Joker. You oh, know, comic all right, book colors all right. and over the top goofy yes. rather than dark, more more recent versions of them, which I love. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be the smart ass goofy Joker, and I thought we had a fun time doing that. 
Oh, that's fun. Um, I love playing Dexter. I play Dexter in two or three different scenes. Okay, okay. I got the shirt and the gloves, and the first time I did it was with this other girl who just finished watching the series and loved it. She's like, you got to do it with the saran wrap and the blood and everything. And mm-hmm. I got a bunch of retractable knives so I could stab her in the gut and everything, and it was just fucking crazy. I love that doing that. Basically, your job is you get to be a kid, like in a certain sense. Like you just get to have fun. Oh my god! <laughs> so much fun, and it's like that's why Halloween. I kind of take it off every year because I spend all year dressing up in costumes and scaring the fuck out of people. With, <laughs> I take that night off. It's like you guys can have amateur night. I do this all year. Yeah. Um. It's so- fun. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, yeah, no, I, I get that. And I just, I don't know. I feel like, uh, more people should, um, be into, I don't know. I I think, I think a lot of, uh, adult work gets a really bad rap, but it's like, but no, it's actually fun and sometimes goofy and you should, you know, maybe check it out, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't deny that there are bad people as in every other walk of life. There are bad people in every line of adult work. There are stereotypical sleazy producers who do bad things to the starlets, and there are abusive cameramen and whoever else that are trying to do bad things, and some of the girls. But right. by and large, versus any other job I've worked in my life, there mm-hmm. are far fewer bad people in adult entertainment than there are in politics right. or business or any anything else I've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always so, something I that's like been fun. wild to me because people are like, oh, but the adult industry or sex work, it has to be like horrible and coercive and this and that. And I was like, I was a waitress at IHOP when I was 19. Let me tell you about disgusting right? and coercive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Did you ever work at a law firm? Talk about degrading and coercive. Whew. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I don't get all yeah, the. We're uh, open about it. I don't, I don't get the sex worker stigma. I really don't. Well, I think we've so many facets of so many societies that have boiled together to become modern life. There's a lot of sex shaming that goes into controlling people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I've heard you talk about it all the time. Morals are something that the rich can afford not to have. Right. The poor can't afford to have. And the middle class have because it keeps them in line. Pretty much. I think that's I think that's an accurate description right. of the whole thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Wealthy people use morals to keep the middle class in line, and then the poor and the rich can either afford or can't afford to have them. Yep. I, I would agree with that. So, there's a lot of power and control in telling people what kinds of sexuality they're allowed to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that with some of the work you do, you are on the more deviant side, which is even more unacceptable oh, in some ways. Like You can't, what? Bondage, BDSM. You can't just go around spanking mm-hmm. people, you know, that sort of thing. And people are very prudish. Oh, my God. People are very Did prudish. You... And uh... beat them. It's my job damn near impossible. Did you hear my uh, co-host over there? He said you should do a Jesus no, scene. He... Oh, my God. I should. I got the long, scraggly hair. I could totally be an antichrist. That would be funny. That would I be would hilarious. totally check That'd that out. Awesome. I did get to play the devil in a couple things. I played the devil... Like the businessman seducing a young starlet style devil, mm-hmm. which was fun. And I play a full on like demon from hell with horns and shit a long time ago, which I'd love to do again. That's but I fun. really want to do like, uh, do you watch that show Lucifer? Yes, I love Lucifer. I can love that show. I wasn't sure I was going to like it because it's a little formulaic and, you know, kind of yeah. NBC like, but uh, oh, He's great. He's he's done such a good job with that character. I love him to pieces, and mm-hmm. I want to do that 
version of the devil. Okay. That could be a lot of fun. I think that'd be fun. Right? <laughs> yes, I think so. I definitely think so. Um, <laughs> Tim Woodman. I, I turned my micro microphone up for a moment. Um, so like, yes, like, sir. Say, say you were to do that. Like, um, ooh, oh, can, can you hear me? Is my microphone coming through clear? I can hear you. Okay. I was looking at my decibels. They looked a little low. All right. The Because um, I'm thinking, like, so if you do execute that, like, how long do you think it would take to record it? And then how long <laughs> would the actual finished product be? If I was going to do a Lucifer scene, um, one of the great things about being your own boss, the horrible part being that you don't have any money, but one of the great things about being your own boss is you set your own hours and you only work as hard as you're willing to. <laughs> so for me, a shoot almost, <laughs> I know that's funny, right? A shoot almost never lasts more than four hours because people start getting tired and sloppy after that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know a lot of mainstream porn sets go 12, 16 hours for their one hour of footage, but I can get 30 to 60 minutes of footage in four hours because right. I got a good crew and, and we work hard and we just, let's do this thing. And we don't have any film students. Like an awful lot of people are like, I went to directing school. I'm like, you're fired. You cannot work for me if you went for directing school because you're going to take six hours adjusting one light and I don't have time for that. <laughs> so almost regardless of content, if I were going to shoot a Lucifer thing, it'd probably be done in one day, probably in four, maybe five hours, maybe two sets. And I get a half hour mini story out of it. Really? That's uh, yeah, my I usual working day. Wow, I really thought it would take a lot longer. So how much is the, um, like, editing and stuff time after shooting? That depends, of course, on the complexity of the shoot, but that usually takes me another day, maybe four or five hours. Um, I do my own editing, so unless it's really, really tricky, and then I got a guy that I'll pay a couple hundred bucks to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but I usually just do it myself, because I'm not doing funky, weird shit with multiple cameras. I'm just cutting out everywhere he said action and cut and making sure we don't switch scenes halfway through a moan so it sounds weird, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. So you could get a whole... Um, so yeah, that doesn't take me that long either. Wow. That's really fast. And you see my content. It's not yes. It's not bad. It's not, oh, it's not bad. super over-the-top well-produced, but it's not bad. Yeah, I guess I should throw out that disclaimer. Yeah, I've actually bought some of this work. <laughs> I wasn't going to out you, but I guess I just kind of did. <laughs> And it was so sweet. I'm like, I'll give you free copies of anything you want. And you're like, no, I, I insist on paying for it. I so sweet. am a firm believer of paying for one's porn. A lot of people, you know, people have to show up, right? You have to have the performers. You have to have somebody doing lights. You have to have somebody holding a camera. Like, you know, mm -hmm. you know, it's. I'm deeply grateful. Yeah. It's just I also am a firm believer in professional courtesies. And I think the world of you since the first time I met you, I'm like, who the hell is this person? <laughs> You gave that presentation at whatever conference we were at. Yes, that was... Uh, um, who the hell is she? And I've been following you and just oh retweeting your work constantly since because I think you're so amazing. What one was that? I totally what forgot. It was in L.A. Um, yeah. That was actually... And actually, that was the first time I ever spoke at a sex work conference, by the way. <laughs> so, you told me that later. And yeah. I was like, damn, you were so good. You're so, like, I'm nervous. And, I was like, but you were amazing. Yeah, I was like... Yeah, I thought I was going to like pass out. Um, Catalyst Con. Yeah, it was That's Catalyst right. Con, yes. The Sex Worker Summit inside Catalyst Con a couple, yes. two, three years ago, or whenever that was. Yeah, it was a few years ago, but yeah. So, yeah, it was also the first yeah. time I've ever been to L.A., so, like, there was a lot of <laughs> stuff happening in general. I was like, all right, I'm getting on a plane, I'm going to L.A., I'm going to talk in front of a room full of strangers. It's going to be amazing. And actually, it was amazing. You so. owned that room, though. We were all we were all blown away. You owned it. 
Thank you so much. Well, whenever that. you come out to LA, we're gonna get we're gonna get some local LA cuisine, and I'll treat you to some top shelf tequila, and we'll have us a good time. Yes, I'm all about it. I love food. You know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, well, actually, I came out to Chicago and visited you, and we had a slice of uh, Luminati together. Luminati's, right? yes, yes, some some of the that best pizza we have out just here. Ridiculous. It is right. You guys so got good. the pizza going on. We do. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. Next time, do you eat um like any type of Eastern European food? Or any any ethnicity, actually, you can get it all in Chicago. We have some good stuff, but yeah, we have some a super. Given what I do for a living, I keep a very open mind about everything. <laughs> so I'll eat almost anything you put in front of me, and I'll find out why it tastes good to somebody and enjoy it. There's a really great Czech restaurant here that I love. I think you might dig it. Oh, yeah, it's really good. I'm theoretically going to Hungary early next year to teach um, uh, some stuff. <laughs> Some stuff. There's a company out there that wants their employees to be more sex positive, and through the nonprofit that I work for, they've asked to fly us out and teach them a summit. Oh, that's awesome! On making sure that they're following the practices of positive sexuality. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's so awesome. really fantastic. I love this. I love everything about so it. So I'm going to find out what they eat in Budapest. All right. Um... I've been warned you have to wear a suit to everything, and that they start drinking at eight in the morning. So win some, lose some. Well, I mean, who doesn't start drinking at eight in the morning, really? Um, (laughs) Well, I'm not usually up by then, but if I was. (laughs) But if I was, I would be drinking. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you have to let me know how that goes. That sounds actually really super, super amazing. I'm excited about that. I'll come back on and we'll talk about it after. Yes. If you're not sick of me by then. Oh, I could never be. I could never be. You're just funny to me. Because I remember when you were actually out here and we were in the car um, going to Illuminati's, actually. Oh, yeah. You were just, you just mm-hmm. had me cracking up because I don't, I think it was about um, gun control or something. And you were like, I thought people like liberals were making really good points about gun control. And then you got mad and tweeted and said, fuck everybody who supports gun control until cops are disarmed. And I was like, oh, that's a good uh, point. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I tell you what, I, I swear to God, and this is, I hope you take this as the compliment that is intended to me. You're constantly changing my mind about shit. I take that as one of the greatest compliments your, that can be given. <laughs> I follow you on Twitter and and signal boost the hell out of you because you're constantly making me think about things from a direction I didn't think about it before. Yes. Well, that's and what... <laughs> you're making me a better, more open-minded person. Well, that's what happens when you actually surround yourself with diversity of people and not just quote-unquote diversity of thought, right? I hate that phrase right? so much. Because, I mean, statistically, I'm the problem. <laughs> Stati- I mean, I am a cis, hetero white, well-educated man with some money. Not a whole lot of money, but I mean, like, that's, those, that's the problem. Right. That guy. Right? So but, I'm trying my best to be good about it, but I mean, Jesus Christ, I got so much privilege in my world and it'd be so easy to close off all outside information and be an annoying-ass evil-enabling Republican. Mm-hmm. I was raised to be that. It took a lot of unprogramming and learning yes. to not be that guy. No, but I appreciate you've been it so much. Very helpful in that. No, I really appreciate you so much because a lot of folks, I think, could be better people, but they don't want to listen. But you really do take time to, you know, listen and talk about things, and I, I really think that's awesome. I respect that. I respect the hell out of it. It's because it's hard. I know it's hard, but I really respect it. And you're awesome. I like to think of it as enlightened self-interest. I love being right, and I want to know if I'm not so I can fix it. <laughs> I am stealing that term, enlightened self-interest. All right. 
All right, that's, that's what I'm going to go with. That's also what people call me lazy, which I am. I'm proactively lazy. I get my work done fast and well, so I don't have to go back and do it again, and now I can enjoy my drink. I, I, can't, I can find no fault with that theory. At all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, favorite, anyway. thing about, favorite thing about working in the sex industry? Go. Um... Over and over, I keep reanalyzing re my answer to that because it's a fun question. But really, you know what it is? It's mm. getting inside the minds of my customers, figuring out what they really want, mm -hmm. and being able to deliver that. So, the validation, the artistic expression and validation in knowing that I found somebody's thing and gave it to them. It's just ridiculously empowering. So I mean, it's no. going to sound a little homoerotic, but... I find some guy who I've never met, I don't even know what he looks like, and I'm not attracted to him at all, and I get him off. Mm -hmm. Because I gave him the thing that he wanted. And I'm like, that's super powerful, I think. Um, and it's my favorite part, when they'll then write me this gushing letter later saying, you nailed it, that's exactly what I can't find on the shelf, and you, you fulfilled my fantasy. Mm -hmm. um, I love that shit. I fucking love it. That's that's I love that answer though. Um, so now I have another question. So then, because uh, of course you do, you know, independent work. You're not with, you know, you work independently. You do stuff on your own. So when customers come to you with requests, do you find that they already know what they want, or does it seem like maybe you need to help them realize what they actually want? Um, I guess a little bit of both. I mean, every person's an individual. And certainly with my repeat customers, and I must be doing something right because I have repeat customers, we have a better and better shorthand communication that I already know what they want, and they know how to tell me what they want. Mm -hmm. um, but very often when somebody writes me for a first time, I have to decode whatever version of English or whatever other language they're speaking in mm -hmm. to understand. And it's more like how many times do I repeat a particular word? Okay. Or how many adjectives do they use to describe something? I can slowly start to figure out what's important to them, which is usually not what they've specified. Right. Right? Mm hmm It's like this psychological mind game of your – I have to read between the lines to find out what you're, what really turns you on rather than simply what you think you're supposed to tell me. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I'm just thinking if you're not, not um, necessarily, like, comfortable with your own sexual desires, it's probably – got to be hard to write a stranger even though they know what you do and they like your work it's probably hard to write a stranger and be like yes i would like you to film something mm -hmm. where you tie someone up and sexually degrade them like you know right I <laughs> and some of them have some of it's really dark and creepy and it's like i can't imagine the courage it takes even in a private email to somebody who produces that stuff to say here's what i want mm -hmm. that's got to be an amazingly brave act or like, uh, what if, I was um, giggling. I'm going to out you just a little bit more because when you told me what of mine you wanted to buy, you were like mildly embarrassed to say which one. Yeah, I was. And I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> that's so cute. <sighs> you know. You or, know. Or it also is hard like a... even for people like us who are relatively enlightened sexually to be able to you talk know... about this shit, frankly. You know what, though? I think if I didn't know you, it would have been easier because I'm like, oh, I've seen this person's face. I'm going to see them again at a conference. I have to be like, yeah, I bought your shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny to me how many people i've met um either inside the industry or outside but aware of it who meet me as my stage self mm -hmm. and have already seen me naked online yeah yeah 
I like I've, I've met people I'm like, hey, Tim Woodman, nice dick. I'm like, um, nice to meet you too. <laughs> I don't know how I respond to that. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then like um, we don't like, have a lot do, of barriers. Do, do you get folks that are that that re- make a request and they they are confident, but they don't know the vernacular? Is is that ever a situation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they'll say like. <laughs> Some of them use words that I'm just like, this must be a, a translating device. <laughs> because, like, in English, they're like, I want you to shoot this from the ground up so I can see her, like, just her heels and her calves or whatever. But the guy will say, like, from a worm's eye view. I'm like, what the fuck is a worm's eye view? Worms don't have eyes. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? You know what? Now, a- a- as a hip-hop head that's really into hip-hop videos... I know that shot. If they were to say worm's eye view to me, I'd be like, I got it. Just like Lil Wayne in the Drop It Like It's Hot video made him look like he was six foot five. I know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's not one that I knew. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to translate from maybe this person has a hip hop background. I don't know. But so, yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, I don't I have to figure out what it is that you're talking about. Or somebody will say bodice or corset mm-hmm. or baby doll nighty. And I'm like, will you please send me a picture of exactly what you mean? Because I don't want to buy you the wrong thing. Right. You know, because uh-huh. they'll say, I, I want her wearing thigh highs. And I'm like, do you want, actually mean thigh highs with like a garter belt and everything? Or do you just mean stockings? And like, there's so many different kinds of lingerie. And they don't necessarily know the word they're looking for. They just know the one that pops into their head when they're dripping off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm using that word right either. So I have to usually just have to say, please send me a picture, even if it's a drawing, find an anime or something so that I know for sure what you want. Wow. That's interesting. Huh. Right? That's the nuts and bolts part is like, make sure you got the wardrobe right. Or somebody will say, use a whip. I'm like, dude, uh, <laughs> there are a... more things that qualify as a whip than there are things that don't qualify as a whip. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck do you mean? Oh, right? Because if I say whip, what's the first visual that comes into your mind? Do you think vlogger? Do you think single tail? Do you think bug buggy? <laughs> like, uh, I'm not going to lie. What do you think? Uh, I'm black, so slavery, mostly. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Whip and flogger have completely different connotations in my head um, because of that. I and would I would like to keep that barrier mm-hmm. there, <laughs> quite frankly. <laughs> Makes perfect sense. So, Makes yeah. perfect sense. But yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't really considered how many um, folks would not know technical terms for things. That's really interesting. Right, because there's not really a dictionary for this shit. It's not like the Marquis de Sade wrote a Bible and we all follow it. Well, I mean, you could. It's just, what, do they, what do they call it in the stockroom catalog? I don't know. I mean, you could make it into a dictionary. Someone could, but nobody would agree with that person. I mean, it's like Wikipedia definitions. It's not official. <laughs> well, I mean, we could kind of try to codify it, maybe. It might think, make things a little easier when we <laughs> when folks get requests for things, you know. <laughs> maybe. This will be our mission in life. Our great legacy. Our great legacy, yes. of all things kink-related. Oh, that is going to be a big-ass book. <laughs> and, of course, someone's kink is going to be getting paddled with said book. Right. <laughs> book beatings. I'm sure that's a thing. I knew a guy who took copies of Dr. Seuss books and lacquered them and then stuck them on a on a stick to make paddles so he could beat people with green eggs and ham and <laughs> of Fox course. And doctor whatever. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? 
First of all, of course someone did that. Secondly, of course you knew them. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I travel in some weird circles. You got me there. <laughs> okay, so what would you say is one of the weirdest scenes you've ever done? And you can define oh, man, weird however weird you want to. Weird is a relative term. Yeah. Weird is a relative term. But, okay, early on, and this is I was actually behind scenes for this. I just did the rigging and held the camera. Um it was a series um, of videos wait, of... hang on one second. Rigging means? Rigging is the guy that does the tying up. When you tie a damsel to a railroad tracks or whatever, you're rigging yes. her. Yes, thank so, you. So, yeah, a lot of folks don't... Among my many professional jobs, I'm a rigger. Yes, yeah, a lot of folks don't know that. I used to have a great that, job so. working for this all-girl bondage <laughs> website. Uh-huh. And the dominatrix didn't know how to tie girls up, so they hired oh. me behind scenes. So the girl, the, da- the dom would grab the girl... And grab the ropes, and then mm-hmm. the director would yell cut, and then I'd run in and tie the girl up and hand the ends of the ropes back to the dominatrix and run off camera, and they'd yell action, and she'd be like, ha, 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 and <laughs> like she just did it. What the? Hold on. <laughs> now, I, I, I'm a big fan of sentences, and how that story started was I used to have a straight job working for a dominatrix. Not straight job, great job. Oh, I thought you said straight job, and uh, I was... I oh, was like, no, an I, awesome job. I was like, that's the best Overton window shift I've ever heard. <laughs> oh my god, that is funny. Okay, uh, right, yeah, so... that's my vanilla job. All right. Anyway, okay. that was actually a sidetrack to uh-huh. when I was doing rigging. Yes. Um, for this other customer, a long time ago, I was tying this damsel up, and she was being made to do challenging things while okay. in lingerie. Was I guess a thing, but like one of them was she had her hands tied behind her back, blindfolded and walking around a room, and in the room, hanging from a string in midair was a banana. She had to find the banana and eat it without her hands, blindfolded. That sounds incredibly complicated, first of all. It sounds like a Japanese game show, doesn't it? It's like one of those weird things that, because those guys have some amazing TV. But like, what? Not that same video, she had to sit at a table with her hands tied behind her back, Uh blindfolded, and there was a bowl in front of her full of flour, and there was an Oreo cookie in it. And she had to nuzzle, nuzzle her way through the flour to find the cookie and eat it. Like, what? That's the like the, the, that's the best reenactment of the end of the movie Scarface ever, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> it might be. That's what she looked like at the end of it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's and at uh, the same time. Right? We had so much fun shooting it. We were all laughing so hard we almost couldn't film it. And then somewhere in the back of your head is like, this guy's going to be jerking off to this later. Yeah. Well, you... I mean, that's great. I just, wow, that's weird. You're making dreams come true. Yeah, and no judgment. He's not going to find that on the shelf, right? You're not going to walk into a store or click on a website and find girlsdiggingcookiesoutofflowerbowl.com. No, no, not a thing. Not. Oh my goodness, yeah. All right, we're switching to straight tequila now because the cranberry juice didn't work. Now we're just drinking it up. All right, cheers. Oh, I even heard the bottle pop. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 there is a bottle of Corzo Añejo. All right, all right. See now, I almost want to. Are you like a Jose Cuervo person? Oh, Jose Cuervo doesn't live in this house. No, I'm way too snobby for that. Oh, all right, all right. I guess that's why it's. Uh, I'm a top at the, shelf guy. I guess that's why it's at the liquor store across the street for uh, five dollars for a fifth. 
Right? It's like $8 for a giant bottle of pumpkin juice that they're calling tequila. Oof. Oh, God, juice. don't drink that. Don't drink that. I didn't start drinking till I was 30. It's really? It's a weird side story. It's not exactly porn-related, but I was a really straight-laced kid. I, was, I didn't drink. And then somewhere around 30, my kid hit puberty, and I bought a house and got a really good day job for a little while and started drinking. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, and it so happened that a couple of friends gave me really good bottles of top-shelf liquor. And so I developed a taste for the very, like, the really good alcohol. And mm -hmm. I never used to drink to get drunk. I still don't. I just drink yummy stuff. Uh, so I have an expensive liquor cabinet. I mean, I like you as a person, so I'm just going to let it slide that you said tequila and yummy in the same sentence. I'm just going to let that one go. Because <laughs> I like you as a Can person. Can we accept it as a challenge? <laughs> Tequila's Can not yummy. Next time we have FaceTime, I'm going I'm to give you some yummy tequila, and you're welcome to spit it in my face, but I would like you to try it. I will. I trust you enough to try it. And she's going uh, awesome, awesome. to spit it in I'll your drink, face. And I'll drink one of your Mike's Hard Plus 99s in return, whatever you whatever you want. I, well, uh, I mean, Should we have the camera rolling? Is that another new genre? Trying oh, drinks and then have the camera rolling. spitting them in the face. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> See, and this is what happens when you talk to sex workers. Anything might be a new niche. <laughs> yeah, everything.com. Porn stars making faces while drinking stuff they don't like. Dot com. And you oh, know fuck. somebody would. Which, of course, can also be put into our kink lexicon. We're going to put it in the kink Absolutely. Bible. Yes. Yeah, like woman beats man with a uh old Disney movie cases while quoting George Carlin. Like, that would be... Yeah, it's yeah. a thing. I think one of my favorite stories uh, I heard from a sex worker was someone who wanted to be physically beaten with the scum manifesto. Like, if anyone's familiar. Mm -hmm. It was like a radical feminist literature, just basically all men are trash. Quite literally, all men are trash. Uh, I mean, there's, there's more nuance, but just for the sake of the story... And so it was a book about how Definitely. men are terrible. And basically, like, this dude's kink was literally um, her reading lines about men to him and him having to read lines while in between being physically beaten with the book. That's brilliant. I mean. That's beautiful. You know. <laughs> hey, yeah, you know I'm what? I'm not here to judge. I get, get off on what gets you off, dude. Hey, Phoenix, can I tell ours? Our funny one. Wait, it was a funny one. I had the podcast playing. Oh my god! Yes. So like, we all right. So fuck it. This is a, a this is the the dirty episode, I guess. So we had a whole thing about my BDSM so, bag already. It, but this was where Phoenix makes me smack her butt cheeks. She makes me do that, and I and I consent. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, let let me uh do the job. I'm here to work. Let's rock. But I also just have the podcast playing. We like some background noise. And it switched over to the Ralph Nader Radio Hour, and the theme song oh, came on. Yeah, so I smacked her and I said, "Yeah, you like populism," and then we just laughed and oh, quit, <laughs> gave up. Oh shit, that's hilarious. <sighs> uh, I mean, I did see a scene where a lovely young lady was beating on her lovely young lady while listening to Disney music. Okay, that's a full intense brutal beating scene while singing tale as old as time and like fucking beauty the beast shit oh my god <laughs> like, what am i looking at right now 
<sighs> It'd be what wild. Uh. It's awesome. People are so amazing. <laughs> no, that'll be rough if they if they do that shit to um to the what is it? Be prepared. The scar song. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Jeez. Right. That'd be very fitting. <laughs> okay. Side note: I'm gonna tell you an embarrassing story about me from okay. ten years, more than ten years before I was Tim Woodman, professional villain. And since then, I've become much more of a positive sexuality person than I was at the time, being an uneducated, obnoxious, statistically, I'm the problem guy. But for people who still think there's value in penis-to-vagina virginity, I lost mine while watching Aladdin. Aladdin? There's a lot in that sentence. Aladdin. You were being a street rat. You were being a street rat. I'm a sultry creature, and I am a street rat by trade now. Mm. We were clearly into each other, and I had my very first penis-vagina intercourse. <laughs> wow. Oh, Aladdin was playing in the background. Well, Robin Williams I making jokes and shit. guess you found a whole new world. Yep. Rubbing each other's lamps. I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> Took her for a magic carpet ride. Right, and 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 if, and if um and if it was a, a a positive experience, you go back and do it again, and that's like the return of Jafar, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, with Gilbert Gottfried in the background voicing a parrot. Ooh, yes. Com. <laughs> <laughs> oh you guys, I'm having such a great time. <laughs> I need to get more sex workers on the show because we need more episodes like this because this shit is fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Oh. Dude, mm-hmm. this tequila. I can't tell you how tasty this is. <laughs> mm. It's so good, Phoenix. It's so tasty. I'm gonna get a website that says "spit tequila in Tim Woodman's face dot com." I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> crowdfund multiple websites, like thirty bucks each. Just right. See which one takes off and capitalize on that one. Well, there's, that's a business model right there, man. I still think it should be everything.com and then just random hyper-specific kink shit. Yeah? I, yeah. I'm trying to, I have a website I'm trying to actually unload right now um, that I'm really, it did me a lot of good over the years, but I'm not using it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it just so happens, like, the one site like this that didn't get snatched up by the Empire in San Francisco... <laughs> Is I happened to buy bondageblowjobs.com. What? And that didn't take off? That's mine. Wait, that didn't take off? Uh, it served me well, but see, what I used to do is provillain.com is my main site. Right. And I just put my non sex work there for the like bondage and whipping because you didn't used to be able to do bondage and sex in the same scene. Mm-hmm. And then all of my sex content, once that was legal, mm-hmm. uh, we put on bondageblowjobs.com. But lately, I've just put it all on Pro Villain, so Bondage Blowjobs is just a redirect. And I'm like, if somebody wanted to buy it and do something with it, I'd be willing to sell it. I was awfully proud of it, but at the same time. But it's a great name, though, right? BondageBlowjobs.com. Like, that's definitely two tags if you go to a porn site. Yeah, what? Yeah, and that was my first thing. On my slippery slope, I started with doing bondage only. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I did bondage plus whippings and spankings. And eventually I started doing bondage plus blowjobs and stuff. But this was right when the adult industry was starting to regulate and create a testing system. Mm-hmm. Before which it was amazingly unsafe to have sex on camera. Right. And now we have the system that was originally AIM and is now um, PASS, which keeps us all safe. Works amazingly well. Mm-hmm. But 
as that came into being, then I started doing oral scenes and then eventually started doing uh, stuff with, you know, penises and vaginas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it doesn't make sense to differentiate the two sites. So it's just sitting there. Right. Wow. I mean, I've checked the statistics. It gives me traffic. People click on it. People search for that. I, I get that. I can, I can get that. Um, it's a great combo. Yes. Um, although, cause I kind of, I keep forgetting that we're not just talking. We're actually podcasting. Uh, so for podcast listeners who oh, right. may still this. be listening to this <laughs> in, and want something we serious, I want something serious to come out. Oh, I think, oh, we're being entertaining. Um, but for podcast listeners who want something serious to come out of this, um, when you talk about regulations in the industry, mm. what do those look like? The adult industry at this time is self-regulating. There aren't any laws on the books. The government tries to treat us like nurse practitioners or other people that are exposed to bloodborne pathogens, but it's mm-hmm. not even close to a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. So as an industry, we developed a system which has been modified a couple of times uh, because it's really tricky to test people for sexually transmitted infections and not violate federal medical privacy laws. Right. But we created a system whereby everybody gets an ID number. Uh, and when you get tested for work, and we have what's called a gold panel test, which includes like the top seven big ones, like HIV, chlamydia, gonorrhea, mm-hmm. HPV, a um, couple other tricks, maniasis, however the hell you say that one. Okay. We test for all of those. And given the rate of infection, like if, God forbid, someone should contract HIV, they are most likely to transmit it within two weeks of getting it. Like at the two-week point is when your body produces the most viruses it ever will. Mm-hmm. So we test every two weeks. We don't necessarily test every two weeks, but you can't work if you haven't been tested within the last two weeks. Okay, okay. You show up to set and you give the person your, your name, because we have to give each other our legal names just to work because you've right. got to sign tax forms and whatever else. Right. And they can look your name up on a database. And the database can't say if you're positive or not because that would be a violation of federal law. Mm-hmm. But it can say whether you're cleared to work or not. And ah. if your test is expired over mm-hmm. two weeks old or you didn't pass, it'll simply say you're not cleared for work. Mm-hmm. Thus, nobody's privacy has been violated. Okay. And then you don't work that day. I the see. test is like, for us, it's like 150 something dollars, 155 bucks. And our results are less than 24-hour turnaround. When we get the test, we find out right away. So people just get tested the day before they're going to work if they haven't been tested in the last two weeks. Okay. And since we have implemented that system in the early 90s, mm-hmm. there has not been one transmission of HIV on a porn-regulated set since then. That's amazing. It's Actually. fucking amazing. There's yeah. like you can't – nuns have a worse rate than that. <laughs> Of the sexually transmitted infection. Uh, and it's not to say occasionally, like, chlamydia or gonorrhea or something might occasionally. Somebody will test positive and everybody will go, yeah. oh, shit, who have I worked with recently? Because, of course, you can't yeah. control people's private lives. Right. But we're not irresponsible people. We're well-educated people who know what we're doing, by and large. Oh, I wish I could remember what his name so was now. No... Um, I can't remember his name, but there was, a male, there was a male porn performer who I think... Uh, had gonorrhea and went to work and managed to cause like a little mini outbreak but there was this huge moral panic because like 10 sex workers got gonorrhea but you know of course this was in California because you can't legally film porn everywhere in the United States but it was like but that you know in that like mm-hmm. same city same county there were like 5,000 people who got gonorrhea 
but 10 sex yeah. workers and it's like really yeah hmm okay the public at large is way way more irresponsible with the sexual practices than those of us who do it for money mm-hmm. and again people tend to conflate this is one of my pet peeves people tend to conflate sex work with adult film work in order to make the numbers do what they want right because sex work as a broad category includes everything from multiple thousand dollar a day escorts through porn all the way down to survival street sex workers Mm -hmm. under one umbrella so you can use statistics from any one of those to say one in three sex workers has a fatal transmittable disease and you could accurately say that because of the number of survival sex workers who don't have any options Mm -hmm. but that's like saying that people who work in a five-star gourmet french restaurant work in the same field as people that fry french fries at mcdonald's they're both in food service right yeah, it's a huge industry. So you can't you can't equate these two things, right? But God, it pisses me off because porn stars we're like the we're like the most privileged sex workers there are. What we do is legal, and it makes us famous, and the risk is very very low, and we have legal recourse if something goes wrong. So it's not fair to say how well we do reflects on the sex worker field in general, which is far less safe, right? Because it's not legal, and you can't do anything if a cop fucks with your day, or if a customer fucks with your day, you can't go to the police about it. Exactly. It's not fair to compare these two things, and so I love to champion what a great thing adult work is, but that's not to suggest that there aren't huge problems with sex work, mm-hmm. almost all of which could be solved if we would decriminalize. I know I'm talking to you as like beyond <laughs> preaching to the choir, it's like preaching to God. You, you know this better than me. Yeah, but um, yeah. All of these problems, the vast majority of them, if this work wasn't illegal, we could stop cops from abusing us. Yes. We could go to cops when somebody else abuses us. We'd yes. have rights. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and there's no sentence, there's no sentence that justifies criminalizing sex work that doesn't involve the use of the word God or religion. Mm. There's no other sentence that can try to justify. Yes, absolutely. Because science is on our side. We've done the research. Mm-hmm. And in places like, uh, what is it, New Zealand, where they decriminalized yes. or stopped prosecuting? Yes. And sex, sexually transmitted infections went way down, violence against women went down, like mm-hmm. everything went better when they did that. So Absolutely. science clearly shows, evidence clearly shows that this is the way to go. But while people thump their Bibles, it's not going to happen here. Yep, I agree completely. Um, I mean, and it's funny that right? you are mentioning that because... Um, my lovely co-host over here actually sent me an article. Um, so they're um, decriminalizing sex work. Where is this? I haven't read the whole article yet. Um, the Northern Territory State. I don't know if this is in the UK or Australia. I think it's in Australia, maybe. Northern um, Territories. That sounds like Australia. Yeah. So um, because they're decriminalizing sex work there, are you ready for the, the moral panic? Are you ready to clutch your pearls, sir? Decriminalizing sex work means yeah, not those kind of pearls. Um, <laughs> decriminalizing sex work means how soon will you be able to sue prostitutes for poor performance? So now they're alleging oh that oh right right. Mm-hmm. Just so, think how much harder sex workers will have to work when you can give them a bad Yelp review. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> never occurred to me. Maybe we shouldn't do this. Maybe we better not decriminalize because yeah. Yelp could ruin our business. Which is also like, I'm sure. And the thing is, this is about brothels in particular. And it's like, so you think that someone who routinely yeah. leaves bad reviews at brothels is going to be allowed to back in? Hmm. I have doubts. Right? I have some doubts. Right. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> it's like if you leave a bad review at a restaurant, don't expect to eat there again. Mm-hmm. They're going to spit in your food. That's wild. 
But oh yeah, no, I'm a firm believer of decrim, and I, you know, I'm not gonna go like because we're having fun. I don't want to be like too heavy about it, but. In case there's some new listeners, I know I have new followers on Twitter. I hope my new followers are listening to the podcast because you should. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually was at a point where I was homeless and I was doing uh, street-based sex work because, you know, I was homeless. <laughs> it was really shitty. But um, that was a routine thing is cops would come along and cops could demand sexual services, which I personally would classify as rape. Um, not everybody does, but that's how I classify yeah. it. Um, you know, because if it, you didn't, you know, perform this particular sex act, you were going to go to jail. They would routinely take your money. And so the minute you would have mm-hmm. a day's worth of earnings, you had to go back and start over because cops took your money. And, you know, under decriminalization, that can't necessarily happen. But, you know, I think what folks get. And have you have you noticed this with the um, the the anti crowd, the end demand crowd, is that now they're instead of saying Nordic model or Swedish model, they're saying the equality model. No, I haven't seen that. That's what they're doing now. Um, And of course, the equality model, which is just the Nordic model, which is um, a model in which uh, sex work, um, selling sexual services is decriminalized, but purchasing, excuse me, purchasing sexual services is still criminalized, which basically means your clients can be arrested, but you can't. But unfortunately, yeah, how's that better? Right. It's totally not. But unfortunately, because the way other laws are and other things are. Um, you're still considered a problem if you're an immigrant sex worker, so you still get deported um, because it's still, you know, there's all these pimping laws, the way they're written and yeah. um, policed, right? Like, so if you um, rent from someone and you're a sex worker, they have to legally evict you because they cannot live off the proceeds of sex work because that makes them pimps. Um, thank you, Sesta Foster. Thank you, Sesta Foster. And, uh, you know, like living mm-hmm. with another sex worker and working out of your apartment technically makes that a brothel. So you can both be accused of brothel keeping mm-hmm. each other and pimping. So it's just like a lot. Mm-hmm. I know I talk about this all the time and our regular listeners like are like, nigga, we know. I know new people <laughs> tune in. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Goes, so that's, yeah, No, but know. it's really important. In fact, when you and I had that slice of pizza last time I was in Chicago, you had to leave. Do you I remember? Did. I do. I had to remember. We were sitting down, enjoying our pizza and talking about shit, and yes. another person went missing. Yes. It was right after Sesta Fossa passed, and you're mm-hmm. like, I gotta go find out what happened to this person. I did, actually. And yeah, it was. And if I recall, thank goodness that person showed up. That day. <laughs> but Jesus, I mean, fuck. Mm-hmm. These are laws that are purported to protect sex workers and are literally killing them. Exactly, yep. and nobody talks about that. That's some fucked up shit. And Tim, and Tim is right about the um the Yelp reviews because with the like if, with a restaurant <laughs> you go back they're gonna spit in your food. dot com. Dot com. in your food. dot com. That actually could be a fantastic website where it's just people going in and like yelling at servers and throwing stuff at the cooks and then they go back and it's just like a like a live webcam feed of them just spitting in the food and then the person eating it oh like, th- but, uh, I would well, love that. this this is a, a bdsm pornography film right so the the staff members they do a they have someone do a rigging a rigger what i call it and they do a rigging up of the customer and they have to eat it <laughs> right tie them up and force feed them their spit food i I'm I'm there for I'm this. I'm okay for that. I'm, I'm here for the this. rigging. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. In case Rude you didn't people. know, a bunch of sex workers are really te- mostly pretty fucking far left. So, mm. mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few <laughs> libertarians among us, but yeah. 
So it's, it's yeah. The, uh, I mean, anybody that identifies too hard with a particular political group is automatically wrong because you can't identify with a political group without being wrong. It's just mm-hmm. they're all wrong. They have to lean in an extreme to make their point. Right. I admire much as our current political climate, we have swung way too far in a direction not to name names or point fingers but at the same time you can't just blanketly vote blue there's dumb democrats there's evil democrats you can't just be like vote democrats except in the short term you kind of gotta i love when people say vote blue no matter who because you know what i like to remind folks of um oh i just forgot her name now i'm failing the one with the marriage certificates who wouldn't give uh marriage certificates to gay folks she was like a circuit. Oh, yeah. I talk about that case all the time. That was a Democrat? That was a Democrat. And she yeah, ran as see? a Democrat. And she ran as a Democrat. She had been a Republican, but then uh, the guy who eventually got like the Republican uh, nomination to run for her spot was farther right than she was. So then she ran as mm. a Democrat. And she won. Yeah. Kim game. Davis. Right? Kim game. Davis, right? Yeah. That was her? No. And that's like, um, I know his last name is McCullough. I can't remember his first name. But he was the... Um, the prosecutor out there in, in Ferguson that threw the Michael Brown case, mm. Democrat elected uh-huh. and reelected since 1994. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are certain jobs that in an idealistic society, the first qualification would be, I don't want this job. Mm-hmm. Like if I could recreate society and I was hiring law enforcement, the first question would be, do you want to be law enforcement? And if they answer yes, they don't get the job. Mm-hmm. You know, if, that, if you want to be a politician, first you have to not want to be a politician. I don't remember who it was, but I saw a comedian who did a bit kind of like that, where he was uh, saying that like you shouldn't uh, have to elect a president; it should be like jury duty. You just randomly get selected, and you just yeah, have you to serve the term regardless. Yeah. It should. It should be the best case a politician is somebody whose morals are so strong that they have to do the job, even though they don't want it. Yes. And same for cops, same for teachers. Mm-hmm. These are shit jobs. And if you want them, I already don't trust you. Mm-hmm. Hell, just don't trust you. I mean, we need some kind of law system, but the people who enforce it, if, if your career goal is to carry a weapon and enforce laws, I don't want you in that position. Yeah, I agree. C- considering how much he's always pissed off and yelling about things, I don't think Bernie Sanders ever wanted to do this shit. <laughs> He's just like, fuck, things are wrong. I think that's wrong. a perfect example of, like, this is a guy who just hates what's going on so badly he feels compelled to help. Yeah. I don't think he's like, I want to be a senator and have ulcers and hate myself and everyone. I don't think that was his goal. Yeah. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> no, he, he grew up running track. He wanted to be an athlete. <laughs> I think he does this because he feels it needs to be done, not because he wants the glory of being a fucking senator. Yep. No, that's why he did. He didn't start combing his hair until 2015. <laughs> that's true. I that know, is true. Those pictures are awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. You need that kind of an idealistic crusader who definitely doesn't want the job, but knows they could do it and that it needs to be done. That's um, what you need in a leader. It is. Honestly, it really is. And unfortunately, absolutely. Hmm, that's not what we have. Nobody's <laughs> listening to us. <laughs> Nobody ever listens to us. If people this is exactly how I don't know if you know you, you probably already know this, but I got elected vice president of the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee what? recently. No, I did not know that. Yeah. What? Yeah, there's a group called APAC, and oh, I know who they the are. I did job, not know our, our job. We can't unionize because we don't have a collective boss to unionize against. Mm-hmm. But we have this group that kind of represents us and the interests of performers, which is not always in line with the interests of producers or talent agents, each of whom has their own group that represents them. 
So this group's been existing for a couple of years, and I've been just volunteering. I put my butt in the seat because I felt like it's like I'd really do to help, and I believe in the mission. Right, right. And then somebody nominated me as vice president, and I didn't say no thank you in time. I just lazily didn't withdraw my name, <laughs> and then I got elected okay, on a okay. platform of not actually having run. I got elected. Okay. So and now all my joke, all my friends are making jokes about see what happens when you don't pull out fast enough. I'm like, see what up, happens dude. when you don't pull out fast. See, what? see, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's true. No, but, but I feel obligated to do the job that I didn't particularly want, but I feel it's an important one, and I'm doing my best. So now, APAC, not because I have, I mean, there's no glory to be had in that, but right. I don't want the glory. I just feel like this needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Wait, so now, when we spoke together at Northern Illinois University, that was for APAC, correct? Uh, no, that was for the Center of Positive Sexuality, which is the other nonprofit for whom I do most of my education work. Okay, so you just work for everybody. Got it. I work for <laughs> only those two people. They just come up a okay. lot when I'm talking to you. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm on the national board of SWAP. I'm trying <laughs> i know that's so awesome i'm so happy to know that I also i'm their interim treasurer recently. they trust me with their money what that's weird that's really awesome no i'm that's totally really kidding I'm, I'm not gonna look at us being money. activists and shit we're being activists and shit yay go team but no seriously because the work, has, my goal. the work has to be done and someone has to do it so you just Absolutely. show up and do the work yeah no i if you care it. enough you do it even though you don't want the job yeah if like, you want the job i don't want you to have the job like when you feel like this very podcast right here like we're over here talking to tim woodman i recently had a guest on who was a a trans man to to, because how often do we hear the experience of trans men so i brought on a trans men for to hear their side um had um a feminist activist with a group that just got a um an abusive cop fired from his job and they're fighting for prosecution now Mm -hmm. but when i started the podcast this shit was just going to be comedy and hip hop. But then as I'm looking at news right? stories, I'm like, yo, shit is fucked up and I need to talk about these things. Yep. This is important. Yeah. I would much sooner just be in my little dark cave producing my fetish porn and tying people up for money. But this is important. Mm-hmm. So here we are. And we drink a lot because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we do because, well, you know. All right, so here's the most important question I have so far. Yeah. What's your favorite type of rope? I love twisted cotton rope. Cotton? I teach bondage. I don't know if your listeners already know this, but among my other hats, I for local BDSM clubs or anybody else that wants to hire me, (laughs) I teach how to tie people up. Mm -hmm. And there are there's so many different kinds of rope, and everybody loves them. And as with most things kink, the only real wrong thing to do is yuck somebody else's yum mm-hmm. so like if you like nylon rope better that's fine if you like hemp rope better arguably hemp is the strongest best rope but it's very expensive so i don't use it because i go through my rope fast i like cotton rope it thank you for like reminding us jeans. it's not very expensive i can wash it i can dye it i like cotton rope thank you for reminding us how often you tie people up that hemp rope is in uh it is not in the budget um <laughs> Oh, dude, I buy it in 1,200 foot spools because I use 1,200? Wow. Okay. So I mean, I, I don't throw it away every time. I wash it and reuse it. But No, I get it. But yeah, no, it does wear out eventually. <laughs> um, I have some uh, uh, two-color MFP. I think MFP. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't remember. But it's like what mountain climbers use, whatever that stuff is. Okay. See, I, I'm, I'm a blue-collar yeah, machine worker. Yeah, I'm a machine worker. 
Hmm? That's what? The the rope you just described, the mountain climber rope, that's bitching awesome rope. It's just expensive, so I don't use it. Well, I only have like 300 feet, so I mean, you know. Well, that's plenty. Depending on how many people you're going to tie up. Hmm. Oh, man, me and my sweetie went to a party. We taught a class. She knows everything I know. She just doesn't like to be in front of the camera. Right, I get that. Um, we taught a class at the local bondage uh, club, mm-hmm. and then they had a party afterwards, and the two of us tied together three humans to one ottoman. And then we tied four humans, three of them standing back to back to back, and a fourth one stuffed under them. Nice. Laying on their back under them. Nice. I say humans because there was a variety of genders and presentations. I, know, I, I, I knew what you meant. Thing. It was awesome. It was so amazing. And we used probably, uh, it was over 600 feet of rope nice. for that. Yeah, see, now I, I'm a blue collar awesome. machine I'm... worker. I, I would try to use like Teflon tape. No, 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 no. You cannot put Teflon tape on people's skin. Not Teflon uh, tape? No. <laughs> the thick Teflon tape has Just... a much weaker adhesive. Just as a disclaimer, That's because important. I know my kink family will understand, <clears throat> even if my husband does not, he wasted like 10 feet of my bondage tape. Oh, no. Yes. That stuff's valuable. What did I do? I, I like forgot. duck You brand. were just like tearing like pieces off brand, and sticking it to random stuff and playing and just like saying goofy shit. Like, we, it wasn't even anything sexual. We were just like, oh, psh, what tape? It's black. It matches this black thing that has a hole in it. Like, a ha- like I'm pretty sure you put some on like a hat. Because you were like, oh, it's a black oh, hat. The tape is black. Let me just put it on there. And I was like, that's not, no. I fixed the hat. <laughs> I don't mean to judge, my friend, but that stuff's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> don't fix the hat with that. That's expensive stuff. Yeah, you can't. You I can't. love duct tape. I love duck brand duct tape. Hmm. You can get it at Target or Ralph's or wherever else. It's Walmart got a pretty it. low adhesive quality. It doesn't stick to people's skin. It's strong. Uh, like if I'm tying a damsel and I'm supposed to give her a duct tape gag or whatever else, my brand, my brand is duck like the bird. That's the one. All right. That's All my right. brand duct tape. You just yeah. gave everyone a little insight. That's good. Huh. Yeah. And having put gags on an awful lot of people's faces with a variety of levels of makeup and skin conditions, duck is the way to go. Scotch brand will rip their face in half. Do not use scotch duct tape on oh. damsels. It's bad news. Shit. Okay. I didn't even know. But All duck right, is that's... the way to go. That's good yeah, to know. Because wow. it's, it's way, the, the adhesive is way stronger. Oh, okay. It just rips people's faces to shreds. Ooh, damn. There's a little free villain advice for you. A little product endorsement. Thank you. They don't pay me for that or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hoping one of these tequila companies is going to get let me endorse their product and give me discounts on their booze, but that's never happened. So, um, I know Wouldn't you follow... that be awesome? That would be amazing. And I know you follow my Twitter now, but I had Twitters before. They just got taken down for various reasons. But um, actually, the Hitachi sure. Magic Wand people used to follow me on one of my old Twitters. <laughs> oh, that's bitching. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, th- those are those weird those moments in great. social media, right? Like, um, like, like I made a I made a joke about <laughs> Paul Ryan, and the fucking group Papa Roach uh, shared my post. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I love it. Uh, D.L. Hughley uh, shared one of the uh, uh, posts off the Reading in the Shade page. Shit. Yeah, D.L. Hughley's page, yeah. Oh, yeah. Weird. Weird. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure we don't agree on anything else except this post. Yeah, that (laughs) motherfucker is conservative. (laughs) That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's too much. Yeah, God, he's he's one of those ex gangbangers that I can't stand. Mm. Yeah, he's like he's like um, <clears throat> he's like a Jay Z of gangbangers, where it's like, 
Like, you did this, like, you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, which is really everyone else's bootstraps, Mm -hmm. and now you just Mm -hmm. sit up on your throne and finger wag. Fuck you. Fuck D.O. Hewley. Okay. Noted. This is outside of my area of expertise. If we were talking 80s big hair metal bands, I could make an observation, but Hughley, I got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I can argue Poison versus Motley Crue all day, but I I I don't know... I mean, but Motley Crue was winning, right? Was that? I said, but Motley Crue was winning, right? Between Poison and Motley Crue, that's no question whatsoever. It's absolutely Motley Crue. And I love Poison, but Motley Crue winning. Just making sure. Just making sure. Oh, sure. Wait, in any chance of... I watched that Motley Crue documentary Mm -hmm. thing that came out on Netflix a couple weeks ago. I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen it yet. And the... The crew wrote their own autobiography and yeah. then endorsed and produced this movie version of it. And, dude, oh, okay. it was like you were there. I was there. I was walking Hollywood Boulevard at the time. Nice. These are my people. Nice. <laughs> and it was like being there again. They, they they did it so much justice, and they did exactly right. Brought back a lot of memories. Hmm. I don't know if you know. I used to be. I know you look at me. You say, no way. But I used to be a lead guitarist at a variety of big hair metal bands before my porn career. Really? I'm going to ask you yeah, for details about this after like the podcast. Yeah, I aged out, don't I? Yeah, you do. You do. But you're nice. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like... thank you. I try to be. i got to burn off my bad karma. I do evil things on camera. <laughs> or, or great things. Or great things. Yeah, like you're a... a well, thank you. Thank you. A funded activist. Yeah, well, I do great things off camera. <laughs> on camera, I'm Darth Vader. But I mean, what's Star Wars without Darth Vader? This is my point. I mean, what any movie with the bad guy, you take the bad guy out, it's a boring ass romance comedy. I mean, you do you good things. You do good things on camera too, but I'm not gonna, you know, out all of that. Duh. But I know, I know. You told me, I know. We appreciate the we appreciate the good villains. <laughs> yeah, well, I do give some people very positive first bondage experiences and first Hitachi experiences, for that matter. I'm glad to get to be part of that. That's amazing. I, I do. I, private. I'm not. I'm not going to out individuals, but I have given some people. I have fulfilled some fantasies of my coworkers. Yes. It was like I always want to be tied up this way, and would you do that? I'm like, well, fuck yeah, I'll do that if that's what you want. Amazing. Absolutely. I love it. <laughs> it's a fun job. I can't even pretend it's not a fun job. I love my job. Phoenix is looking at me. I, I, I don't have oh, another question. Oh, but no, you looked like you were about to say something, but then you didn't say something because someone else was talking. So I was like, oh, wait, did he have a thought he was going to come back to you or not? No, or... ironically, I'm just smoking hemp. I literally am. Because weed isn't legal yet. January, sir. Yep. January. Right. Oof. In Illinois, yeah? Yes. Cannot wait. Nice. Yes, I'm very excited about That's it awesome. because, wow. Yeah, kind of need that. In my life. Um, it bugs me the things that have been criminalized and the reasons. People forget the reasons. That... Like the whole reason hemp was ever illegal in the first place. Yes. One rich dude that wanted his newspaper and monopoly to survive. Mm-hmm. And... The, whole reason, the whole reason sex work was illegal is because of organized crime during the Prohibition era. You guys know this, right? I do. The reason sex work was outlawed was because... During the 1920s, when the prohibition was in effect and alcohol was illegal, the mobsters who were making their killing on on booze were laundering their money through brothels. Yep. And so the federal government stepped in and outlawed all of that. That's the only reason sex work was ever illegal. Didn't yep. used to be. 
Yeah, and on, and on the uh, on on the reefer thing being illegal, this was brought up uh, by a historian on a very old episode of the Jimmy's Door Show, way before YouTube. Um, one mm-hmm. of the arguments that was brought up in Congress to make weed illegal here it is: it's making Negroes smile in public. Making them smile in public. Well, we can't have that now, can we? Which no. is hilarious. Well, not hilarious, but, you know, I, ironic? I don't know. You know, that thing where it's not funny, but you're like, hmm. Where uh, one of the things with uh, the the federal laws against prostitution was the Man Act because Negroes were smuggling white women across state borders for immoral purposes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Weird. And in both of these cases, I really don't think the Negro had anything to do with the argument. It was about people with money keeping money. But racism has always been such a powerful tool to motivate that middle class that thinks they have morality, but it's really just racism. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right? The they moment think you they say have the morality. Other, the creepy, evil other is using this, they can outlaw it. Very exactly. Easily. Weird how that works. Here we go. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Every I mean, I can't time. claim, I, I have so much privilege, it's silly for me to talk about how hard my life might be, but as a <laughs> sex worker, which is the one area where I'm in a somewhat marginalized community, yeah. we're we're an easy tool for people to weaponize for their own political agenda. Absolutely. I can't even imagine what it must be like to be black and realize that people are just using you as a tool to make things legal or illegal so rich people can stay rich. Oh, yeah. And I... <sighs> I think what's really sad, though, is that, like, the more marginalized you get, the more apparent it becomes, but it's really hard to get the rest yeah. of society to listen to you, too. Like, no, really, guys, this is what's happening. And people are like, no, just bootstraps or something. No, because you know. if you're safe, the last thing you want to do is recognize how easily that safety could be taken away by yep. being born a different color or in a different monetary bracket. Absolutely. Nobody wants to acknowledge that. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, it's just, it's sad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And But we're raising our voices. And at the moment, that's all we can do. So thank God we're doing this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? And we are. We're, we're at an hour and ten minutes. Something like you said, raising your voices. <laughs> Jesus. And this has been in my head for most of this program. Because, like, I'm listening to you speak like you got the experience. You got the knowledge. You're an, a legit, an actual activist. Like, not some faker. And it's like, if you have the time, would you do your own podcast weekly, even like 15 minutes a week on, um, hey, here's an update of what's going on from Tin Woodman. You have a real thick, strong voice and you know what you're doing. Or just come on the Swapcast, well, please. I don't have a co-host. Thanks very much for saying that. Uh, thanks very much for saying that. That means a lot to me. Um, my answer is a weak and shallow one. I have a huge inferiority complex about the fact that I'm a sex worker who doesn't have his own tits, and people don't listen to a sex worker who doesn't have his own tits. Like, I don't have OnlyFans, I don't have a paid Instagram or whatever else, because who wants to see my hairy old white ass without the damsel in the room? So I don't... I, you, you raise a legitimate point, and I have a cowardly answer, which is I'm scared to. Well, Phoenix has the, the swap cast for swap, and she does not have a co-host, and I produce it, the whole job you would do is be there to speak. Well, you know, that's tempting, because as I think you've figured out by now, I think the world of Phoenix, and to hang out and babble with you for a amount of time would be, that could be pretty fucking cool, I'll be honest. I would love that. Um, let's, also, uh, let's, let's talk about this some more. 
Yeah, um, I would love to talk. I, I can't. I'm trying to remember someone's Twitter ad right now when I'm failing. Um, but I would also love to talk to you about their project. They are um, how they identify is a um, male. What did they say? Male of center. Whoa, right? male of center. Something mm. like that. Like as a gender concept of like center, but on the male side. Like you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, not, not non-binary female. masculine. No, it's there's center no. in it somewhere, but I don't remember the exact verbiage. Um, verbiage. I have no idea. But yeah, um, no, I would love to get you in touch with some folks who are actually trying to create more of a space for males identified sex workers, and that might be helpful. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe again, though. I mean, sex workers are marginalized, but men have it so easy compared to anyone who doesn't identify as male that I have a hard time raising my voice when I'd rather, like, you know, signal boost yours. That is incredibly sweet. This is, my, this is just my own insecurity speaking up yeah, and saying, no, who fine. needs to hear um, from yet another privileged straight white guy? Well, I mean, if we were talking about, you know, police brutality, maybe. But we're not. We're talking about sex work. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, like you're it's absolutely a, right. Like it's a whole different, you're absolutely right. It's a whole different thing. Here, um, here you are again forcing me to change my mind about something. <laughs> Because well, you're right, I mean, and I have to reevaluate well, my stance on it. Well, I mean, she she had to tie yeah. you up and make you do it. You had to be tied I, up and <laughs> tie up <laughs> tie up timwoodman.com. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine the crowdsourcing? <laughs> but no, seriously though, I, I keep think thinking it's... for one of the one of these years for my birthday, they're gonna throw me a party, and and all the girls that I've violated are gonna come show up and just beat my ass for hours on end. <laughs> oh god! I have and... nightmares about this. And because you do video, like take it old school, like tie you up with like the um the tape from like a VHS tape. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. I love everybody it. today would be like, what is that stuff? What does it do? What does it do? What I started this? on VHS. That's how old I am. We the first things we produced were on tape. Damn. <laughs> that was me changing the subject. It was pretty smooth, huh? Ah. And then came radio silence from the host. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Um, yeah, but no, I do think we do need to heal, hear, hear from more male sex workers, even though there is, um, you know, a certain privilege because of class and race and legality of what you're doing. But, you know, I just, um, I would like to be in a position where all sex workers' voices are heard from because you know things about the sex work industry that I don't know because I have almost never done porn <laughs> i've never mm-hmm. done legal porn so. wait, wait 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 wait. what do you mean almost is there something i'm missing uh i've never i've never done legal porn so there's that um but there's recording somewhere is that what you're telling me what who said that you no, i, I don't know but now i gotta go do a search i mean good luck trying to find it <laughs> I'm teasing you. I'm just teasing you. It was just, that was funny. No, but yeah, no, actually, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's ever seen it. But no, but no, that's the thing that was like, cause you know, the porn industry is different than escorting, which is different than stripping, which is different than webcamming, which is different than street work. And you know, I would like a place where Absolutely. everyone has a voice. I certainly think the most marginalized people deserve the most space and deserve the largest Absolutely. voices, but I still want everyone to have a voice because you know, mm-hmm. The rest of society doesn't know us, right? So, like, yeah. you know, as somebody who has done, uh, you know, street sex work while homeless, you obviously have more of a voice than I do in a lot of ways because of your privilege. But at the same time, when it comes to outside of the sex work industry, 
how many people actually know someone and talk to someone who's done like legal porn. Like they don't even know legal sex workers. Right. They're they're not ready for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're not ready for. <laughs> I'll you be know... their baby step. Exactly. You're the first baby I'll step. Be there. You're the first baby step. Yep. Because how many people, you know, well, I know cool. undocumented, um, in undocumented folks who do sex work. I know folks who are drug users and do sex work, who have STDs and yeah. do sex work, who are street sex workers and so on and so forth. And it's like, you know, if we can't even get them to listen to someone who's always been legal, who is a white man, who has been doing porn, which everyone watches, even though they won't admit it, they're not ready mm-hmm. to have a conversation with somebody else, you know? Yeah. So, like, I think and when I do, we do, like you and I spoke on a presentation panel before for a college class about mm-hmm. sex work. Mm-hmm. And very often we get those panels. They're like, how come you don't have any of those marginalized people? Where are the street walkers? And I'm like, oh, I'm like who the fuck? Do you think they're going to trust you to come to your college class? I'm exactly. not going to talk to you. But exactly. I've talked to them and I can answer your question. Yeah. And I think that's super so important. So, anyway, is a very yeah. valid point. So, you know, just I'm just saying. All right. Well, saying. let's talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. Yeah, you've, yeah. you've got my interest. You heard it here on the podcast first. We will have a private conversation about this later and see whether yes. whether this isn't a really good idea. And maybe it is. Also, because sex workers are super good at consent and boundaries. We get those things. <laughs> Hell yeah. We know that shit, right? That's what we do. Literally, it's the job. Yeah, and that might be why you're hated <laughs> so much. Because we understand consent and boundaries, yeah. That could be part could be. of it. yeah anyway yeah all right that is uh tim woodman back again on winecellarmedia.com uh i I tried to think of a joke i i had i had nothing in the moment but yeah tim woodman uh thank you good we got it covered yeah oh you know what we do yeah we have an hour and 17 minutes of everything right information legislation intercontinental international yes we got fucking jokes yes so yeah this will be uh going up some references to blindfold banana hunting and blindfold banana hunting which is not what you think it means (laughs) because it was a literal banana yo you know that there's gonna be somebody because you know how because you said it was for wait did you say it was for an oreo cookie that was the flower bowl. Yeah, both a banana and an Oreo. And an Oreo one customer. That's what he wanted. But you know how Oreo has been over the past couple years with all the flavors. So there's going to be someone that yeah. leaves that bad Yelp review. Like, but it wasn't a lemon Oreo. Ugh. <laughs> it should have been lemon. Why wasn't a lemon Oreo? Yeah. By your own damn custom. Why wasn't the carrot cake well, listen, Oreo? Guys, I had such a fun time talking with y'all. We got to do this again. Yes, love talking to you. All right, and I'm hitting... I will talk to you when I get back from Hungary, and maybe I can fill you in on what happened. Yeah. 